Now I'm picking. Um, today's reading is Leviticus chapter 6, verses 12 through 13. It says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offering on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Miss Tiffany, reading our scripture lesson this morning. And for our worship band, uh, y'all just have to excuse the youth. They're just a little on fire. <laughs> a little excited. Got some Holy Spirit going in them and that kind of stuff. And we're glad for it. <laughs> it's needed. Appreciate y'all. Uh, glad y'all had a wonderful trip. As we uh, gather to worship in this time and uh, we reflect upon God's word, let's ask for God's Holy Spirit to just open us to the power of his transforming word. Let's pray together. God, we pause in the midst of our time here together. What a blessing it is to be together. But God, we acknowledge that this is about you. It is of you. And you are in this place to to touch us, to redeem us, to restore us, transform us, to renew our souls. So come, Holy Spirit. We open ourselves to you. We ask that you open our lives in a way that you can reach in and touch and to make new. We offer this moment here to your glory, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I said it's good to see excitement for the young people, and I'm glad they had a great trip. They took 32 young people, I believe it was, and Brian's in the back, our youth director. God bless him, and uh, <laughs> Marie, and Jamie, and uh, Adam. Yeah. All those adults. Um, Brian says he's still not from that yet, so uh, we're uh, praying that everything is good for him. No, this is not doing this again, is it? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. As we prepared this morning, and you heard the scripture reading from the book of Leviticus, I, I guess if I were to take a poll this morning of those, um, the least read book in the Bible, I suspect that Leviticus would probably make the top of the list for most of us. I know it would make my top ten, uh, and yet... I think there's some passages in this book that are worthy of our attention. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Leviticus, of course, is one of the first five books of the Old Testament, uh, which makes it part of the Torah, those foundational books of the Hebrew Bible. It was actually a handbook um, for the priests and the Levites that was outlining how they were to conduct worship services. It was also a guidebook for the Hebrew people to understand what it means to live a holy life. It it, uh, has detailed instructions for how you are to make an offering to God, for how you are to conduct uh, worship services, how you are to conduct your personal life, how you are to conduct life in general as a society, being a part of God's people. It goes into great detail on how you are to um, make an offering, a sacrificial offering to God, and what is acceptable and what is not acceptable, like down to the very things of, you know, what you wear, the kind of clothes you wear, to uh, what you should or should not eat. Um, down to things like even like how to handle certain health issues. And so it has all these specific stuff in it. It's kind of boring reading if you're not into that kind of stuff. But uh, what's, what's interesting is that most people who try to discredit the Christian faith or they want to discredit the Bible, they will often quote from Leviticus. They'll, kind of, they'll find some obscure verse about uh, how to treat a skin rash or how to make an animal sacrifice to God. And they'll say, look at how silly and outdated this religion is. 
And it's true. There are a lot of these rules, these regulations and things you read in there that we no longer need to practice. I mean, we don't make animal sacrifices, offerings to God anymore, so we don't have to follow those rules. Um, We can eat shrimp and bacon. In fact, the two go together really well. Uh, (laughs) And uh, you can blend cotton and you can blend wool together. And uh, so there's a lot of these teachings here that make no sense to us as why you can't do this, why you can't do that. Uh, Because these people lived in a different world at a different time. Uh, The laws that you find in Leviticus were part of what we call the old covenant that God made between himself and the Hebrew people. And this was part of the process of God revealing himself to his people. And um, he was trying to teach them how to be set apart as his people from everybody else, how to be different, how to be original uh, from God. Uh, It really did not apply to us today, at least not in a literal sense. And yet, I do believe that there are some teachings here that the symbolism of it really speaks us. A good example of this is found in the text that we have for today in Leviticus chapter 6. Here God is speaking to Moses and he's instructing Moses how to administer the offerings that were made to God, the sacrifices, uh, the, thing, the guilt offering or the grain offering or the uh, sin offering. And I want you to listen again to what God says to Moses in this passage. He says, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offerings on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. I don't know about you, but when I read the words, they really spoke to me. Maybe it's where I am in my own spiritual life. Perhaps it's maybe because it's summertime. Everybody's looking for a way to get away and kind of renew, rekindle their spirits. But when I read these words, it it struck me how important it is to keep the spiritual fire burning in our lives. The greatest tragedy I see in the Christian life today is people that I have known who were fueled with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Uh, They were were fueled with a a burning passion to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. They were fueled with a a vision and and a, a purpose in their life. And yet now it seems as if they have no fire at all, at least no spiritual fire. Uh, Their lives have become comfortable. And I don't mean that in the good sense of that word. Uh, Their spiritual lives have become mundane. Uh, Their passion to do for others and to serve God in the world has become nothing more than just wishful thinking or good intentions. Their Christian life has really boiled down to just going through the motions instead of turning the world upside down. I remember hearing a speaker at a youth camp that I went to go day, uh, he said, he asked a question. He said, when was the best day in your life with Jesus? If, it did, if it's not this week, you need to do something about that. If it didn't happen this week, <laughs> okay, trying to make this thing work. When was the best day in your life with Jesus? If it didn't happen this week? Then do something about that. What was he saying? Switch over this one. What he's saying is that don't let your fire go out. Don't let the fire go out. You know, try to keep that spiritual fire that you have with God alive. Uh, Not just once in a while, but every day. Keep that spiritual relationship with God alive. But how do you do that? 
How do we actually do that? Our youth just got back from their summer trip to Big Stuff, and every year this is a, a fabulous time of renewing their spirits, rekindling the fire, spiritual flame within their lives. Um, many of us can remember going on those kind of trips who grew up in the church. You remember going on those summer youth trips with your youth group. You remember going to summer camp or some spiritual retreat where your spirit was renewed and your spiritual fire was rekindled. I'm actually looking forward to a couple of weeks spent away on vacation in the mountains because I always find the mountains to be that renewing experience for me. But do you, do you remember, those of you who went on Big Stuff, do you remember how you felt before you went to Big Stuff? Uh, for those of us... Do you remember how you felt before you went on that spiritual retreat, uh, with that uh, spiritual event or that time away that you went where your heart was renewed, your spirit was rekindled with God? I can remember hearing some of the young people talk about how excited they were to be able to go back to big stuff. They were looking forward to uh, renewing their spirits once again because it's been a whole year and many of them said they're just kind of feeling empty inside as if. The flame inside of them had burnt out. Does that sound familiar to anyone here? My question is this. Why is this an all too ordinary, all too common experience for us? Why is it we can't keep that spiritual fire burning in our lives not just when we go off to big stuff, not just when we go to a spiritual retreat or some event where we renew our spirits. Uh, why is it we can't keep that going all the time? Why can't we keep this enthusiasm to love God and to serve Christ and to, to live for Christ in the world every day of our lives? Well, I think that these words from Leviticus actually speak to this. They, they give us a, a light, some insight into how we can make that a reality for our lives. Uh, some of the symbolism that you find here in this passage, I think, points us to how you can keep this fire burning, your spiritual flame burning, every day of your life. Because there are three things that God says to Moses that I think speak to this. Here's the first thing. If you want to keep the fire burning in your spiritual life, then you have to start your day focused on the fire. This is what uh, God says to Moses. Every morning, the priest is to add firewood. Every morning, he says, every morning you are to fuel or refuel the fire. That's the first thing you do every day. You begin your day taking care of the fire. Uh, that's because morning is the most important part of our day. Now, I know some of you here are not morning people. I can tell that by looking at you. <laughs> Uh, some of you are not morning people. Some of you haven't had enough coffee yet or whatever it takes. But, uh, you know, the, the, how we begin our morning sets the tone for the rest of our day, doesn't it? Uh, here's what I've noticed. Whatever it is, the first thing that I'm focused on in the morning, that reflects my priorities. And it determines my priorities for that day. You hear that? Whatever it is I focus on first thing in the morning tends to reflect my priorities, and it determines what my priorities are for that day. So when I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I'm thinking about is all the problems i got to deal with during the day, or what I'm going to be facing financially with my business or my personal life, or what it is I'm going to eat, or what it is I'm going to wear to try to impress, then that tells me where my priorities are. And it also tells me that I need to make a strategic shift in those priorities. 
Because if when I'm waking up in the morning, all I'm thinking about is material issues, our personal agendas, problems I'm going to face, then um, that sets my direction. It sets my the tone for what I'm going to be about for that day. So if I wake up focused on those things, if I wake up focused on anything else other than being in fellowship with God, that's a sign that I need to refuel the fire right now. If I've got my focus and priorities on everything else but God, I need to refuel the fire. That's a sign. But how do we do that? How do you refuel that fire? Well, as soon as you wake up and you're able to think semi-coherently, you try to find a way to spend some time alone with God. And some of you say, ah, preacher, you don't understand. I mean, I don't have time to do that. I mean, I've got to get up. I've got to get off to work. I've got to get the kids to work. You know, I don't have time for that. Listen, we make time in our lives for that which we think is important. Amen? We make time in our lives for what we think is important. I'm not talking about spending all morning doing this. What I'm talking about is, well, I have to say, the more time you spend with God and quality time, the more stoked your fire is going to be for the day. But I'm not talking about spending all morning. Some of us may have the time to, to do that. Uh, but most of us don't. So what I'm talking about is just developing the habit of spending time focused on God before we get distracted by all of the other things that are going to hit us in the day. Listen, I, I have um, developed a little routine in my own life. And you have to develop your own routine. What works for you is not going to be what works for me. But for me, being a man, I'm kind of a, a creature of habit. Us men kind of like our routine in life. That's how we function most of the time. And so the first thing I do before I get out of the bed, and if I get out of the bed, it's usually, I don't know what's going to happen. But before I get out of the bed, first thing when I wake up in the morning is that I just make it a simple prayer, just good morning, God. Say that word, does that sentence. That's what I say first thing in the morning. I open my eyes and realize I'm alive, and I say, good morning, God. Now, sometimes that goes into a longer prayer, but um, before I get distracted with other things that are going on in my day, I try to make myself aware of God's presence in my life as I begin that day. It's just a simple way of saying, you know, acknowledging God's presence. Good morning, Lord. Thank you for the day. I have a little shower tag that I found that has a prayer on it where you kind of dedicate your day, your life to God. And so I hang that up in the shower. And every morning when I take a shower, I pray that prayer. And I um, subscribe to several online devotional resources that I can access on my phone so that I can either listen uh, and praise God or listen to some scripture or some devotion on my way to work or before I get to work or something like that. So uh, I have those means. I, I pray basically the same prayer every day. And the goal is not to kind of crank up the emotional juices for the morning because that rarely happens for me at that time of day. Some of you may be morning people, but that doesn't work for me. Rather, the goal is to redirect my attitude, redirect the focus of my life so that I'm focused on God and God's will for my life as I begin that day. Because here's what I've learned about myself and what I observe in the lives of others. The reason that that spiritual flame begins to burn out and grow cold in our lives, it's because we tend to neglect this specific spiritual practice of beginning our day in time with God. It doesn't have to be long. It's just an awareness. So I always try to make the habit of beginning my day with God in some way. Now, 
I am not perfect at this. In fact, you know, I, oftentimes my day gets confused. I'll sometimes get out of bed too quick and don't, don't think about it. You know, just I sometimes forget and I get distracted with other things. But no matter what happened yesterday, I try to begin each new day with God. Because here's the truth that I have learned is that you really can't fall too far away from God in a day's time. I mean, if you're beginning every day with God, you're going to have the fuel you need in your spiritual life to stay connected to God over time. I was reading an article uh, about marriage, and it talked about the three most important times for a married couple in the day. As you can suspect, the article says the most important time for a married couple is in the morning. It's how the way that our interact with each other um, from the time we wake up to the time we leave for work. That's going to set the tone for your relationship for the rest of that day. Those of us who are married know the truth of that. But I think this also applies to our family life and with our children. Uh, how we interact with our children from the time they wake up to the time they go to school or, or go off to work, that's going to set the tone for our relationship with them the rest of the day. If we begin the day in a negative attitude that comes from yelling at each other or criticizing each other, then that's going to impact the rest of our, our day together and not in a good way. Again, the, the fires that you want to keep burning in your life, your, your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, with your children, make sure that you are fueling those fires first thing in the morning in a positive way. We all have tons of problems to deal with. We all have um, your challenges we're facing with. And there's going to be time enough to focus on those things. First things first. Focus on your time with God. Start the day in a time with God in some way. Fuel that fire in your relationship with God every morning. I think that's the first thing we learn. The second thing from this passage we learn is that in order to keep the fire burning in our lives, you have to arrange your life according to the fire. You have to arrange your life according to the fire. Listen to what God says to Moses. He says, every morning the priest is to add firewood. And the second thing, arrange the burnt offering on the fire. Now, I don't know if any of you, I, I've, I've never seen an a, a, a actual burnt offering. I don't know that any of you have. Uh, I have seen some meat come off the grill that looks like it was a burnt offering. But uh, I've never really seen a, a real burnt offering and a sacrificial offering to God. But we've all seen backyard cookouts, right, or backyard grills. We love to cook out in the grill. And just think about how that's done. You, you light the fire, and then you put your meat on the fire, right? And then you have to keep rearranging the meat so that uh, there's hot spots in the, in the, on the grill. So you're, you're arranging that meat so that each piece of meat gets the fire it needs to be cooked fully and right. I mean, you do this because otherwise you're going to end up with, you know, charred meat on the outside and raw on the inside. You don't want that. And so uh, as one burger gets, start, gets done, you kind of move it to the back, and then you move the other ones that aren't done toward the front or where it's hotter. And you, so that each, you get an even distribution of fire. They, they all get the fire that they need to be properly done. It's really a very simple process. This is why most of us men can figure this out. This is why we're the ones in charge of cooking in the backyard, right? It's, it's, nothing, it's nothing to this. Um, well, there's symbolism here, I think, though, that um, really speaks to this talk we're talking about. When he talks to Moses about this, I think he's, the symbolism we find in this is that we need to be rearranging our lives, our priorities, so that we are a properly balanced living sacrifice for God. 
Now, what am I talking about? What areas of our lives am I talking about that we have to arrange over the fire of God? And when Moses hears these words from God, God is speaking to him about how to properly do the offerings that are being made to God. So what are the offerings that we can make to God on a daily basis? Well, I think one of the offerings that we make to God is the offering of our praise. The writer of Hebrews says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name. God loves it when we praise him. And so how do you praise God? Well, you praise God with your words. Uh, God is with us wherever we are. So at any time, at any place, no matter where we are, we can always praise God. You can stop in the moment and say, God, I thank you. I praise you for the beauty of what I'm seeing right now. We can always praise God with our words. You can also praise God by singing. Now, some of us can't sing like what we hear these people on stage, but you can sing along with your radio in the car. You can, uh, God doesn't care what you sound like. He, he loves it when we sing. We're praising God in some way. Uh, you can also praise God with your devotional life. Whenever you're taking time and you're focusing on God, that's blessing God. That's pr- God is pleased by this. You can praise God with your attitude. I mean, even though you're not feeling all bubbly about your spiritual life, you can still praise God with your words and your attitude because God alone is worthy of our praise. Another way you make an offering to God in your life is through your service to others. Listen, I don't know what God's will is specifically for your life, but I do know that it's going to somehow involve helping other people. Because when you are helping other people, when you are serving others, then that is pleasing God. Jesus said, when you do it to the least of these, you are doing it unto me. It should be the goal of every Christian to have some ministry, uh, some place, some means in their life where they're serving other people. And every day we should be on the lookout for those spontaneous opportunities to serve other people. Uh, You see this example in the Good Samaritan. He was just walking down the road from one town to the next. And he he comes across this guy who needs help. And so he responded. Over the course of your life, you're going to be walking along life's journey. You're going to encounter people who are in need. When you respond and you help those people, that is a way of offering a a living sacrifice to God and most pleasing to God. Another obvious way that we um, make an offering to God is through our financial giving. When you offer financial resources to help God's work or to help other people in need, you are offering that to God. And God is pleased by this. So in these areas of your life, you know, you're trying to arrange all of these areas of your life according to the fire of God so that your offerings of life and and devotion are, are pleasing to God. Examine each of these three areas, your devotional, your praise of God, your serving others in God's name and your your giving. Try to make sure that each of them is being offered in a way that is being arranged according to God's fire. Because if you do these things, you're going to find that fire keeps burning. It keeps alive. It keeps being renewed on a daily basis. Here's the third thing, I think. You know, first of all, you attend to the fire. You refuel the fire in the morning. And then you are to arrange your life according to the fire. And thirdly, you feed the flame with the fat of fellowship. The fellowship. Listen to what he says. God says to Moses, every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. Now, go back to that image of the barbecue pit. (laughs) You know, what happens when you put the meat on the fire and the fat starts to drip on the flame, the, the coals? It flares up, doesn't it? 
uh, it fuels the fire. And the same thing is true when it comes to our spiritual lives. Fellowship flames the fire. It refuels the fire of our spiritual lives. Listen, we were not made to live as hermits on this planet. And I know there's sometimes we need to get away. We need to get apart and uh, find some time on our own. And we, but we were never created by God to live in isolation. We were created to be in community with one another, to be in relationship with each other. When you fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, you are fanning the flame of your spiritual lives. This is why we encourage you to get involved in the various um, places where that can happen, Sunday school or Bible studies or the small groups like youth and children and men and women's fellowships. And there are many opportunities to do that, small group ministries that meet in homes or other places. Uh, we've got lots of opportunities to do that or create your own. It's, it's a great thing when believers come together. Not just for worship services. We really don't get a chance to exchange uh, feelings here or, or, or talk too much in worship or Bible studies. And those are important mission opportunities. But just the joy of being together with one another. Just the pleasure of coming together as believers, you know, having uh, uplifting conversations, encouraging one another, laughing with one another, crying with one another, experiencing one another. Like all those other things we talked about, fellowship has to become a part of our Christian life because we get things through the fellowship with other believers that we get from nowhere else. God never intended us to live this life of faith alone. He expected us, he created us to be in fellowship with one another. Without that fellowship with other believers, our flame begins to grow cold. They said, y'all need a crew, right? <laughs> Everybody needs a crew, huh? Now, to be honest, sometimes what we call fellowship is not real Christian fellowship. Let's just be real here. It's a gossip about who's not here kind of fellowship. It's a uh, gripe about the church or whatever else session. It's not Christian fellowship. Uh, The kind of fellowship that sometimes we have is not fellowship that is pleasing to God. It's not the kind of fellowship that's going to stoke our flame, reflame our our spiritual lives. The kind of fellowship we need to strive for are conversations that are uplifting. Uh, Everyone is leaving that setting feeling encouraged, feeling comforted, strengthened in their Christian life. The writer of Philippians says it this way. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's the kind of stuff we need to be talking about. John said, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So this is the kind of fellowship we're striving for, the kind of fellowship that's illuminated by the light of Christ. So if you're wanting to keep the fire burning in your spiritual life, then you're going to have to keep feeding this flame with the fat of fellowship, as God says. Spend time with fellow believers who can encourage you along this walk that we call the Christian life. Now, as you listen to these words from Leviticus and what we've talked about, there's some of you who may be thinking to yourself, you know, I, I really need to do that because the, the fire in my life is just barely flickering. Just, it's, just, it's just simmering, just barely there. Others of you are saying to yourself, the fire in my life, it went out a long time ago. I just need a new fire. 
Well, here's the good news of the gospel. It only takes a spark to get a fire going, right? So if you're ready to have your life filled with God's fire, then know that God is ready to provide that spark for you. God is there to provide that that fire, rekindling of the fire in your life. But you have to be willing to do your part. Are you willing to do what is necessary to keep that fire burning? How do you do that? Well, that's what we said today. You do it by making it a daily priority to spend time with God, preferably in the mornings. You arrange the priorities of your life, the offerings of your life, you arrange them according to the fire of God in a way that is pleasing to God. And finally, you spend time in fellowship with God, with other believers who can encourage you along the way. When you do these things, you put yourself in a position, you're doing your part, God's going to do the rest. You will find a burning passion for God in your life that will not be extinguished. This is how you keep that fire burning every day. But that's something we all want. Let's pray together. Lord God, as we reflect upon these words, we confess, God, that the fire within us has gone out for many of us. Some of us has been rekindled now, and and there's that challenge of how do you keep that fire going? Others of us, how do we find the spark? Lord, you are the light, the light, can shine in our darkness. You are the fire that can burn within us. So come, Holy Spirit. We offer our lives to you today. We ask that you set us ablaze with your Holy Spirit, the fire of passion to love you with all that's within us, to love our neighbors ourselves, to be that light in the world that you call us to be. We know that begins with you. It also begins with our commitment to walk with you every day. So help us, God, to make those decisions today in our personal areas of life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.